Jesus said, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Have you ever noticed just how noisy the world is? And I don't just mean the noise of traffic here in D.C. or a household full of children or something along those lines, but I mean the many voices that we hear that are constantly vying for our attention and demanding our time. We have friends, family, and acquaintances, of course, who speak to us on a regular basis. Then we flick on the TV and we have news, politics, advertising, commentaries on news, politics, and advertising, opinions about news, politics, and advertising, then jobs, entertainment, sports, and hobbies, and then of course we have the most powerful voice and perhaps the loudest voice of all, the voice of self, the voice that speaks to us and tells our own hearts and minds what we need, what we want or that we deserve more money and more power or more sex and more comfort or more reputation or more whatever. It's just non-stop noise telling us what to think, what to do, what to buy, what to eat, and even what we should feel. Anybody notice this? It's all over the place, right? And the noise has become so constant that in fact we've gotten used to it. See how uncomfortable silence is? <clears throat> Isn't that disturbing? This, I've heard of awkward silence before, but has anybody ever heard of awkward noise? No, because it's just become a part of who we are. As an example, my in-laws have taken my four older children up to the Poconos so that Kimberly and I can have a weekend alone with our new baby. Kimberly and I sat down to a nice quiet dinner Thursday night, and it was weird. It was too quiet. I didn't like it. There should be noisy children around the table and at least one person that I can yell, be quiet, to. But alas, that didn't work. Yet within all this noise, within all these voices, there's one voice that we need to hear loud and clear, and that's the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Good Shepherd. And today, being Good Shepherd Sunday, it's his voice we need to hear. But the question is, do we hear it? Can we hear it? Or does it get lost amid the shuffle of all the other voices? Jesus tells an image of a shepherd who brings his sheep to a sheepfold. And the image here is really of a large pen in a village that many shepherds would bring all their sheep to at night. And the sheep overnight would intermingle in all of this. But in the morning, a sh the shepherds would come back and they would call towards their own sheep. And only their own sheep would come out and follow them. Now that seems kind of odd and bizarre. How do all these different animals know all these different things? But in all honesty, we are a lot more like that than you actually might recognize. For instance, um, if you've been a parent, or you know parents, or if you're a godparent, or have a niece or nephew, some little child you take care of periodically or regularly, have you ever taken them to a birthday party or to the playground where there's just a slew of children all over the place? And then you hear this boom, followed by wailing and gnashing of teeth. And you think after about two seconds, whew, not mine, thank goodness. <laughs> 
You didn't even have to look up to see who was crying. You just knew. How did you know without even having to look up? How did you know it was your kid? Well, because you know your child. You know that child. You know their voice. And you've spent enough time with them to be able to build up an intimate relationship with them so that they know your voice and you know theirs. And the same is true as we learn to hear the Good Shepherd's voice. We need to spend enough time with him to build up an intimate relationship with him. Then we'll recognize his voice when he speaks. Gary Weeder, our family pastor, often tells parents here that if they want quality time with their kids, they need to spend quantity time with their kids. Quality time is an accident of quantity time. You want to have great quality time with the kids? Then spend a lot of time with them. That's when there's an opportunity to have those quality time discussions and bonding and those things. And once again, the same is true with Jesus. Do you want a quality relationship with him? Then spend a lot of time with him. Spend time with him, with other believers, by yourself, at home, here at church, all these different things. And it takes discipline, it takes dedication, and it takes intentionality. So how do we do it? Well, first, I think we can start with what Andrew Lazo said last week when he preached. If you heard him, I'm going to repeat what he said. And if you didn't hear it, watch that sermon. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. But he said, start with what you're doing right now. Worshiping, gathering together to worship him on Sunday mornings here in church. Because Jesus speaks to us through the reading of his word that Zachar was so eager to get to. Through the preaching of his word, he speaks to us through the hymns that we sing, the prayers that we recite. He speaks to us when we recount our faith through the creed, and especially at the altar with the bread and the wine that we partake of every single Sunday. And then also, here, Jesus speaks to us through one another. Your worshiping here in church helps other people hear the voice of God. And their presence here on Sunday mornings helps you hear the voice of God. This body of fellowship, we're one body, we're the body of Christ. And when we're together like this with our focus right there, our Lord Jesus shows up and he speaks. But we don't have to just wait till Sundays either. Another thing we can do is join others for prayer and Bible study and fellowship throughout the week. Grab your bulletin. Turn to the last page. On one side, you have the prayer list. On the other side, it has the calendar of selected events. Look at that, especially where it says the week at a glance. You've got various times for prayer, for Bible studies. There's some for men. There's some for women. This afternoon, there's student ministry at 4 o'clock downstairs. We've got prayers for everybody, all adults, um, at, on Wednesday nights and various things like that. Take out your pen, circle one of them, and then show up. It's a great opportunity to be together to study the Word, to be involved in prayer and these things. And if you don't know where to start, I'll make a plug for my own Wednesday night Bible study, because this week we begin studying the book of Romans. So if you haven't been before, you won't have missed a single thing, come this week as we study the great book of Romans. It's a great opportunity to be together, to pray, to study, and, uh, and to share fellowship. Finally, I'd encourage you to cultivate spiritual disciplines at home. Things like scripture reading and meditation, 
prayer, fasting, and even singing spiritual songs at home draw us into an intimate time with our Lord Jesus. There we get to be one-on-one with just Him. And despite all the noise of life, here in that time, we can be still and know that He is God. And He speaks to us there. And of course, there's a variety of ways that you can do this. And you should find what works for you, the time that works for you, and how it would be best for you in your situation. You can use a devotional. You could use the prayer list I just pointed out in your bulletin to pray for folks. You could use some other guide, something on the internet. You could pick just a short passage of scripture every day and reflect on that on your own for about maybe five, ten minutes. Place to start, Gospel of Matthew, Gospel of Luke. Beautiful Gospels, easy to read. If you like to sing, YouTube is an incredible resource. Look up your favorite hymn and sing along. It's a great way to do it. It matters less how you do this, how you spend time with Jesus, and it matters more that you do it, that you spend time with Jesus. And a great resource for this is this book. It's by Richard Foster called The Celebration of Discipline. Has anybody read this before? Well, several folks. The rest of you should read it. (laughs) Um, It's a great book that goes through some of the typical spiritual disciplines of scripture, fasting, prayer, and these types of things. Or if you need other help on how to get started on this, buy me lunch. We'll talk about it, and we'll figure it out just for you. I'm always willing to suffer in that way as needed. (laughs) All of this may seem like quite a bit and different things like that, but notice how this actually mimics exactly what the early church did from our Acts reading. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Doing these things, it's a lot, but it mimics what the early church did and has done for the last 2,000 years. Now, as I said earlier, all of this requires a decent amount of intentionality. You have to want to do it, you have to plan to do it, and you've got to work to do it. My oldest daughter, Hannah, loves to play soccer, loves soccer. And so she wants to go to the practices, she wants to participate in the games, and she has a great time. But she also wants me to take her to the park so that she can practice even more and get better at it. But of course, I want to stay in the happiest place on earth, my couch. (laughs) But I suffer and I choose to go anyway. Why? Because she wants to get better at soccer and because I want a quality relationship with my daughter. It's not always what I want to do, but I've got to be intentional about it. Hannah will place Tuesday at 4 o'clock, we'll go. Saturday at 2 o'clock after your game, we'll go back and we'll play some more. And you know what? It's always a good use of my time, even if I thought I was too busy to do it. And spending time with Jesus can be just like this. And I'll be honest with you, I'm preaching to myself right now as much as I'm preaching to you because I'm not always good at this. I don't always want to spend one-on-one time with Jesus to show up to a Bible study Or maybe I've got too much time. I don't have enough time to do it. So I've got to be intentional about it, too. And that takes discipline. Monday morning, after breakfast, but before I brush my teeth, I'll spend some time with Jesus. Tuesday morning, before I get in the car, I'll say a prayer. Whatever it happens to be that would work at that time. And you know what? That's a good use of your time, too. 
It's a good use of my time to spend time with Jesus. And, and why is this? Well, because first of all, we end up cultivating that intimate relationship with Jesus that we all need, and I think most of us want. Don't we want to be closer to Jesus? I think so. We're able to hear the Good Shepherd's voice among all the noise of life when we spend our time like this. And that means we'll understand more and more about what he's like, more and more about what he's calling us to do, and how he wants us, us specifically to love the people around us and to love his Father with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the more we get to know him, the more we'll see him at work in both the big things in our lives as well as in the small things in our lives. But on top of this practical type of stuff, there are several other blessings we get when we listen to the shepherd's voice. And for that, I want us to look real quickly at Psalm 23. Because there are tremendous things that that psalm tells us that Jesus does for us. First, Jesus provides for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Jesus gives us all that we need and even more. One of the commentators I read for this has said, Jesus doesn't give us just enough. He gives us more than plenty. Isn't that remarkable that God would love us that much? Not only does he give us all the good things in life, a family, friends, our house, our jobs, our clothes, everything else, these things come from him. But then he tells us his will. He gives us his voice. He shows us where to go, and he makes sure we're perfectly equipped to get where he's leading us. He doesn't leave us by ourselves. And so he provides for us. He also protects us. Yea, though, I, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for thou art with us, and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort us. God's own presence protects us from evil and helps us face the spiritual dangers of our lives. It makes me think of a child in a home where all the power goes out and the batteries don't work so you can't turn on a flashlight. And the kid's terrified. And what's the kid need? Mom. Just needs mom to be there beside her, in bed, holding her, and to say, it will be all right. And that's what Jesus does for us. He protects us from all the spiritual evils of the world if we would follow him, and especially from the dangers of sin and eternal death. Because of his crucifixion and resurrection, sin has lost its power, and death has lost its sting. We don't need to fear sin, death, or the devil because they have no authority here. They can't hurt us if Jesus is our shepherd. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And if that wasn't enough, finally, our Lord Jesus prospers us. The psalm ends with, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Or as Jesus put it in our gospel reading, I came to bring them life and life abundantly. This is prosperity far better than money. And however magnificent we think our homes are right now, the home we have waiting for us in heaven is going to be far greater. Our destiny is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, forever 
and ever. And he is preparing a room for us right now. This makes me think of little orphan Annie entering Daddy Warbuck's mansion for the very first time. And as she comes in, her eyes get huge. She looks around and with joy and awe begins to sing, I think I'm going to like it here. And while I don't know exactly what heaven will be like, I'm pretty sure we're all going to like it there. My dear friends, we have a good shepherd who loves us. And he even knows our names, every single one of us. I can't keep my own kids' names straight. But Jesus knows your name. He knows my name. And he knows all about us. And he loves us. He knows us intimately. But the question is, do you know him? Do you recognize his voice? Or is it drowned out within the noise of the world? Let me encourage you, let me encourage myself that we should pursue a quality relationship with him through worship, through prayer, through scripture, through fellowship so that we can hear his voice and follow him now so that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Amen. Amen.